0: Welcome to The Juice, a burst of refreshing knowledge brought to you by Educational Technology. My name is Randy Colsett. I'm the coordinator of Educational Technology here at Orange Unified School District. I'm part of a wonderful team. I've been in education for about 22 years. Started in the classroom way back in 1999, believe it or not. Um, I have been a part of that process until about 2009. I uh, taught mostly elementary school. And then when I got into the 2009, I ended up over at the Orange County Department of Education where I got connected with basically districts across Orange County itself and as superintendents, statewide programs and also international programs as well. Uh, That eventually led me to wanting to build out a team and being closer to the students. So I took a position leading a team here at Orange Unified School District where I've been now for about seven, eight years going into my eighth year.
1: And I'm Apple Abrica. I'm a TOSA for educational technology and uh, I got my teaching credential in 2009, uh, right when the recession hit, and that's when you went over to the county, Randy. Um, and uh, during that time, I was a manager and a lead trainer for a cupcake shop where I got to practice my teaching skills. And then eventually in 2013, I w- was able to get a subbing job, a couple subbing jobs, jobs over at Santa Ana and Orange where I became a long-term, and then eventually finally got my own classroom where I taught a mix of fifth and five-sixth combo. And uh, from there, I was able to be a mentor teacher, and I have nine student teachers under my wing. Uh, But yeah, got into education because I want to help form successful little humans.
2: My name is Mike Higgins. I am a TOSA for EdTech and Student Achievement. And I've been with the district for 20 years, um, up at Chapman Hills, where I taught mainly sixth grade. But I've had combos five-six, four-five, and I too have had many student teachers. Um, and that was kind of part of my philosophy was to help guide um, not only young adults but also my students
0: to be. Good little human beings. Welcome. Beans. Hi, welcome, everybody. Today, I think we're going to actually kick off our first episode, our first episode of some uh, podcasting PDs, which we're pretty excited about. And I think the, this first episode is about the why, like, why would you even want to uh, take on your pod and learning how to be more efficient in your classroom? So um, I think the first thing we're going to talk about is maybe coming up with some problems that kind of in, inflict or... Um are part of everyday teaching in the classroom. Uh, does anybody want to go first? or shall I?
2: Well I know, I know when I was teaching the the biggest problem that I was having with the devices was the disengagement of the students, um, and not necessarily the the disengagement with the technology, but disengagement with the lesson. You know you have kids who are you know easily going on to a different tab. And as you walk the room, these kids are very quick to swipe a screen, but you know they're off task. So how do you present a lesson and knowing that they're going to stay on task? Stay
0: focused
1: on your subject. And, you know, that engagement piece is so huge. But also motivation is something that I encountered as an issue. Like you have those students who are unmotivated who
2: just want to get it done
1: or even won't even touch it you know they just they just wait and waste time you know and just kind of wait until the time goes by and and that that's
2: challenging you know
0: yeah sure to show for it and then I think on, on my side, it's usually I'm, I'm going with, like, the other part of the class. we got all these kids participating. They're all thrilled and excited because, of course, I always did wonderful lessons and everybody wanted to participate. <laughs> of course. <my> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then with me, it was always how do I, like, save some time and actually build out um, – Uh, opportunities for me to gather that information so I'm pushing it out to the class I'm doing a lesson how do I know whether or not they're understanding so getting that feedback quickly then also how do I just give that power to the students like how do you know if you are doing well do you have to wait for me as the teacher to tell you or can you on your own actually make that happen so that was a big I think restriction for me in the classroom like how do I make this happen especially when I had devices Computers? How is that going to make that that work? So those are three big problems I think every teacher wrestles with in the classroom. Uh, so I, th- I think w- today's podcast we also want to talk about the the district actually has a process for all these devices that we put in place, and we're really trying to figure out how we can um, support the teachers in using these devices to basically teach teach more and work a little less. Mm-hmm. Like how do you actually be more effective in, in doing what you're trying to do as an expert in the classroom? Right. The the district has put together three different documents that uh, support that. One of those is a graduate profile, which um, they've put as a guide for all the teachers in the district to actually work towards some soft skills the students can have. And there's also a um, document on like some basic skills. We have a digital literacy document that actually walks through like these are some of the basic things kids should know on a computer and all of it's aligned to, like, some international technology standards. So if you're doing any one of those things and trying to connect it together, you're going to be supporting those those kids and making things happen. And if you don't um, pull together the devices, if you never ever pull them out, if you continue to teach the way that you've taught before, uh, which is effective, we know that kids learn. They have been learning for hundreds of years this way. Um, but if you continue to do that process then these other standards that have now come along so kids can be successful in the 21st century may be more difficult and hence the reason we ended up coming with like a one-to-one environment. Like why uh, why we actually put that in, in place.
2: And, and we know that education is changing rapidly. Uh, technology is changing rapidly.
1: Careers uh, are changing.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I remember uh, about 10 years ago we had a a teacher that went to a conference and she came back and was talking about uh kindergartners today when they get into the workforce you know something like 80 percent of them will have jobs that aren't even that don't, don't exist. even exist today right. and i kind of scoffed at that but here we are <laughs> and like new jobs are 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 here mm-hmm. so it's it's something yeah. that we need to change um, in the classroom. We yeah, need to adapt.
0: So, so, Mike, when you decided to go into college, was one of the degrees you're going to get being an influencer? Like you were going, to to, <laughs> and how many people are making like lots of money as an influencer now? Trying to change, it? like we're trying to do it right now. We're trying to influence some people, <laughs> and yeah. we're not making that kind of money.
2: Google was just barely getting on the scene when I <laughs> was in college, so
0: yeah. I remember Google Maps. One of the big projects that we did uh, at that time was. Uh, Uh, My mom was actually traveling across the U.S. and I was teaching fifth grade. I said, there's got to be a way I can connect these together. Like, have somebody who's in the field and have my kids actually talking to those individuals. So I told my mom, like, you're going to go on a vacation? I want you to do a podcast with my kids. Mom freaked out. She was a teacher at the time, too. She's like, I don't know if I could do a podcast. Like, Mom, all you have to do is call into this phone number, leave a message, and we can actually track you where you are we'll map it. So we did the the whole thing together. I was using paper, but then we are using Google Maps to track them online so we could see where she was going. And then she sent pictures and everything and turned into a positive experience for her, gave her kind of like a different purpose for her vacation. Mm-hmm. And then my kids were like, where are they going next? What are they doing next? Mm-hmm. So it was kind of exciting that way. So, again, you, just looking at different ways that um, things have actually impacted our, our classroom and jobs. Like who would have known that you'd have to have a GPS system and a way to map all of that and organize it and programming. All different different kinds of careers that have shifted.
2: Uh, and, Your and mom's name wasn't Carmen San Diego, was it? No. <laughs> okay. And that actually happened
0: before, right? That was well before us.
1: Yeah, and and you know, our classrooms come with all types of learners. So how do we how do we hit them all?
0: Make it happen. Yep, yeah. I agree. How do we support every single one of them in the classroom? So then I guess that might be a nice segue. Thank you, Apple, yeah. to bring us over to like why NearPod? Why why do it off of this one? We when we started talking about this podcast, we thought of like 6,152. I think that's the exact number, (laughs) 6,152 items that we were going to try to pull together for. But we said, let's narrow it down to something that's simple and tangible that they could walk away with. So we talked about Nearpod, and and the next section here is, like, why Nearpod? Why even worry about using that particular tool? Well, one, everybody in the Orange Unified School District has access to it right now, so that's fantastic. But then there were some pieces that we had uh, to break that down. And one of those big things, I think, is trying to determine... um, uh, basically assessments like when we look at assessments we often think about like you know big statewide tests and we think about big uh, cumulative or summative tests that actually provide uh, uh, some summations to our teaching but there's also ways that we can actually um, evaluate the students through formative assessments through uh, pieces to see if we're actually working towards our goal and Nearpod does a great job in actually providing some of those kinds of resources for us as well.
2: Yeah I mean coming from the assessment side uh, that's something that we want to do is uh, look at the look at the data and see are we heading in the right direction is the lesson that I taught did it stick did we miss something and you know if we're just assessing just for the sake of assessing then we're not doing it right right um, we gotta look at that we gotta look at that information and I know the data sometimes is the big scary word for teachers mm-hmm. um, but we do have to look at it and we have to adjust accordingly.
0: I think a lot of the, um, the the concerns around assessments, too, are the fact that you once you send it out and you collect that data, now you can actually look through all that information, evaluate it, and then figure out what to do with it. The nice thing with uh, your pod through formative assessments is you can actually deliver the lesson either through a student-centered or a student-led Um, Process where they're actually going through the lesson on their own, or you could actually be delivering it. And in both circumstances, the system is collecting all that data. Now all you have to do is basically jump back in and see if the students uh, see how the students have done, or if they if they actually have done the work as well. On top of that, so you can actually see how they've done and then start to adjust based on the needs of your students. So if it's motivation, like how do I start to change the lesson so I can motivate them? If it's just understanding, how do I make sure they shift the lesson so they understand? Um, And also just completion, are they doing? the work, are they facing those. Things and
1: you out? can keep them engaged in that student management pieces there by, um, providing that immediate feedback. Uh, feedback is huge and helps us know whether we're doing a good job or not, or if we're on the right track. And I feel like students don't receive as much feedback in, in, you know, lessons. So feed, Nearpod is a good way to provide that immediate feedback and, and, do quick assessment, you know, quick f- scan of the room.
2: The feedback is essential. And we know how, how much feedback students get, say, like in video games. I mean, that is immediate feedback. And
0: mm-hmm.
2: when they don't succeed, they try again. And uh,
0: it's constant as well. It's constant feedback. Yeah. It's a constant loop. Like I try this, didn't work, try this, didn't work, try this, success. Try this, didn't work, try this, didn't hurt. And eventually they achieve some goal of some sort.
2: And with Nearpod, that immediate feedback is you know working smarter, not harder because the system will do it for you mm-hmm. right. but you, as a teacher get to you know take that information and you know get to put your own spin to it, but at least you get
0: the data mm-hmm. <laughs> scary <laughs> big, word big data guy and I think also uh, you mentioned have like student motivation was a big concern for teachers as well. I think two things that will happen with, with Nearpod, with motivation. One is you have a variety of activities that you can actually use. There's different activities you can put in place. So you can modify how the students are interacting with their content. And then the second part is if you do a student-led um, Uh, presentation then they're actually getting feedback like the video game they're getting feedback instantaneously so they know like whether or not they did well and then they can actually modify on their own too like do i need to read some more do i need to do some other test do i need to just take it again because that's a part of it too if you're just practicing over and over again you can do better and better if you're giving students opportunities to actually go through that content so you're
2: telling me Nearpod will allow you to have multiple attempts at something? It's not a
0: one and done? Not a one and done. If you as a teacher allow it, if you as a teacher <laughs> allow it. So if it's a, if it's kind of like a summative assessment, then you can say one and done. But if you're trying to do like, let's just see how you can do, you give them opportunities to go through it again and again. And the downside to that is they actually have to, what is it, repeat the information and eventually have it stick? Uh, possibly. I don't see that as being a, a negative thing for the kids, They if they if especially if they want to go through it again and again
2: and again. Sounds like some pretty cool features on your pod,
0: nice, and then we also mentioned feedback. I think we've said it a few times. Mm-hmm. they're going to get feedback constantly and consistently, and so right. is the teacher
1: and and it could fit your specific teaching style, so you can post uh, for everyone to see a written response from a student and keep it anonymous and you can analyze their response together as a whole class and have classroom discussions about grammar or about the content itself. So you can go deeper um, as a whole class together.
0: This is very true. Very true. I think they, they've kind of done all that. They do. They create lessons for you, but then you can also build lessons that you need support on, and that can all be done through resources you already have. So imagine, like, I've been building my PowerPoints for the last 10 years, and I have all these PowerPoints. Transfer those into a Google slide. Actually, you don't even have to do that. Just import them straight into to Nearpod, yeah. and then they can actually pull the activity straight on, on top of that. So they've even saved you time there to actually pull things in. And then we also know that when we're sitting in a classroom and we're asking questions over and over again, does there sometimes an implied bias, intentionally or unintentionally, where we're always calling maybe on the same students or we're asking the same kids to respond because we just want the lesson to keep moving or for whatever particular reason? When you start to provide an opportunity where you put the um, the lesson in front of the kids and the kids now have an opportunity just to respond with no, say, judgment of any sort, they can
1: f- or fear of being in you know, speaking in front of the class. Or
0: any fears, um, you'd probably get more participation from a lot of the students that you normally wouldn't hear from when they have to speak up uh, in front of the entire class.
1: Right. Just like, um, you know, pandemic teaching online, you know, remote learning, I learned my introverted silent students really shown during that time. Like they and my, my extroverted students just, it was like an equal playing field for both of them
2: gave everyone or gives everyone a
0: voice oh this whole thing well i guess that pretty much sums up like what we're trying to do in this particular podcast it's going to consist of three this is the first 20 minute one and then there'll be two more after this and we're going to try to talk about um different features to Nearpod itself this one was really to talk about like why are we trying to do this and what we're trying to focus on um to get you guys understanding like where we're headed and what we're um working on in order to help you actually be an efficient teacher in the classroom, not to say that you're not, but uh, we can always find ways to actually make things go a little faster and easier for us, which gives us more time to actually uh, work out there and focus in on the things that are needed. So our unmotivated and our students that are kind of missing, how do we pull them back to school and make sure that they're still part of the program, so part of our our process. Um, All of our podcasts are also going to have further exploration documents. Um, In this particular one, there's going to be Learning Labs, which Nearpod puts together that um, help show you how to use different features to Nearpod, and also just how to teach. There's like they've got some teaching styles and teaching instruction that's in the play in in their resources as well that we've put in place. And with that, we'd like to say thank you very much, and we'll be looking forward to seeing you at the next podcast. And we appreciate you uh, being able to tune in anywhere at any time. So thank you very much. Thanks. See you next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Juice. Don't forget to check out our further exploration information section. I'm Randy. I'm Apple. And I'm Mike. And thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.